0: pause your word counts, and enjoy.
1: Welcome to another edition to the Manuscript Academy podcast. I'm Jessica Sinsheimer, here today, as always, with Julie Kingsley and a very special guest.
0: I'm so excited. We have Eric Mofford in the studio today. Let me tell you a little bit about Eric's impressive achievements. Eric Mofford is a line producer and budget consultant. He's been involved in over 150 film, television, and web productions, as well as numerous music videos, and commercials. His credits include the Emmy-winning television series 24 and the iconic indie feature Daughters of the Dust. Recently, he served as the head of production at Lone Wolf Media, overseeing documentary projects for Nova, National Geographic, Animal Planet, Smithsonian Channel, and PBS. Previously, he served as head of production at Lady of the Canyon, where he produced projects such as the dramatic television pilot, Finding Hope, with Chris Mulkey and James Morrison, Darby Sturgefield, and Molly Quinn, and the comedy documentary Will Always Have Dingle shot in Kerry County, Ireland. He is also head of production at Unconventional Media, producing the Emmy nominee and award-winning documentary, Houston, We Have a Problem, and the live action portion of the EA video game, Need for Speed, Undercover with Maggie Q. And we are not done yet.
1: <laughs> Another <gasps> paragraph of bio <laughs> to go. How does this man have time? Oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> I know. not um, a member of the DGA, has written and directed projects for Disney Interactive, Sabin Entertainment, The Discovery Channel, Image America, United Way, and TBS. He co-produced senior year, a 13-part PBS documentary series in high school. He sold two feature film screenplays and various projects in development. His dramatic blues film Traveling Trains won a dozen national and international film festival awards, and continues used to play in art museum showcases over 25 years later. He has done schedules and budgets for both large studio productions and small indies, and has shared that knowledge, teaching numerous media workshops both in the united states and internationally oh my gosh that is a lot <laughs> welcome eric
2: thank you i just realized i need to trim my bio I guess. <laughs> uh, yes. but that covers a lot of ground
0: that does cover a lot of ground yes it's been a full life
1: eric i just have to ask how many coffees do you drink every day
2: it's funny you ask because i drink too much coffee mm-hmm. and i've tried to cut down so at least three cups a day minimum.
1: Wow. I've heard that the National Coffee Association says it's safe to have up to six a day. Not that they have a vested interest or anything. And if you're out there listening to Eric today and thinking, wow, that really caffeinated guy sounds really smart, you can hang out with him, plus producers Marilyn Atlas and Keith L. Shaw next week, Wednesday, October 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern for a live pitch workshop. If you've ever been stumped at the, so what's your work about question, believe me, that's most writers are stumped by that, this event is for you. It's free, open to the public, and our last one was fun, both as a writer and as a reader. It's a really great creative space. So yeah, head to manuscriptacademy.com live hyphen pitch hyphen panel, link in the show notes to get your free ticket. Eric, yeah, I mean, how was the last event for you?
2: I thought it was fun. For one, it was great talking to you guys. You know, I was really impressed about how creative and quickly they came up with great log lines and some ideas. At the time, while we were running the panel, we had to do a little bit of adjusting and finessing of the log lines, but it's quite an impressive group, and I think that's my biggest takeaway.
1: I really enjoyed watching people come up with amazing things in the moment, too. I thought that was really fun. Eric, I remember somebody asking, so, is it okay to actually hop in an elevator and deliver an elevator pitch? And you were like, no! (laughs) No! And I was like, I had a successful elevator pitch. No. Elevator.
2: <laughs> it's like pitching
1: an agent in the bathroom.
2: I, I, pitching an agent in the bathroom. I think that's the same thing. But most of the time, I would recommend that that's not the place you pitch it, but try to keep it the length of an elevator. And that's really where the term comes from is keep the pitch down. So it's something you could say in an elevator while you're going 10, 15 floors, but don't actually do it in an elevator.
1: Well, and I think it's so useful too, to be able to describe your work quickly, even if you're not going to a conference or a magic elevator with somebody important in it, you still should be able to have just a few lines to describe your work. And I've noticed there's a big correlation between being able to describe your work quickly and the work being ready to go. And I don't know Mm. quite why that happens, but it does seem to be true.
0: Yeah, and I think learning how to pitch effectively or to write a good logline actually helps you construct the entire project. It's Fascinating.
2: Well, I mean, if you can start thinking about your logline, even in development, even before you start writing, you will stay on track more with your concept and your plan, even though the logline might adjust or change a little bit start there because that's the central part of your piece. And I recommend start writing log lines before you even start writing the first pages of your book or your script.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So Eric, Hollywood actually uses log lines all the time. What do they do with them?
2: The log line, it's the first step in the door. And Again, it's the elevator pitch without being in the elevator. So the log line for most producers... Is okay. I'm intrigued. Now I want to read the script, or now I want to read the book that could potentially be a film or a series. It's your first step in.
0: Eric, do you have a favorite log line?
2: I do. I'm going to tell you, and you can guess which movie it is. Okay. You ready?
0: Mm-hmm. When a
2: killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer must hunt the beast down before it kills again. Ah! Bum, bum.
1: You know, Jessica? It's Jaws. And I can't even see that movie. Too scary.
0: My husband was in that movie.
2: Really?
1: Yeah, he was
0: a kid running down the beach in in fright. (laughs) So that log line is so perfect because it's so crystal clear because they break down the important players, the main characters, and the protagonist and the antagonist obviously is jaws or is he the main character
2: no he's the antagonist
0: he's the antagonist he's the
2: darth vader if you're doing the star wars we'll be talking a lot on wednesday about the log lines and in hopefully passing around some new log lines and also some log lines that have worked and i think that it'd be fun maybe we can toss out a log line like that and have people Mm -hmm. guess what the film is because when you hear a logline that's good, you know what movie it is. And you also know if it's a film you want to see or not. A logline is not a tagline. It's not like an mm-hmm. alien. Only in space can they hear you scream. That's not a logline. That's something we're selling.
0: Yeah. So if people are going to get ready and do some loglines before the panel, do you have a formula that you like
2: them to use? I do. But if, if we talk about that, we can't oh, okay. talk about it during the panel. <laughs> All right. So you're going to have to come
0: on back exactly. and learn about that during the panel.
1: I'm curious, does it work like a query letter? Like they just put it at the top of their script and hope for the best. How does that all go together?
2: Ideally, you should have an agent or a manager that's or a lawyer that's working with you to help get the project in front of the people. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, but have a couple of projects. And I'll be honest with you, you could have a script that has a log line, but you also could have just the log line and you're working on the script. And if it's that exciting especially with this age of all these different streaming services, you get some support even with just the log line to get someone to write the script and get the project sold on that end. As far as a query letter, I would say that's more like a synopsis. So sometimes a log line and then the synopsis, they go hand in hand, and the synopsis is more like the query letter that gives a little more details of some of the supporting characters in the story or some of the supporting B story, C story, especially if it's a series. So
1: people send their logline and their synopsis and their script off to agents and hopefully get one to take it and get their name in lights. I
2: think that's why we're here. We're going to help them do that.
1: So interesting talking about loglines and how they
0: affect your writers and how they can be used for so many elements, be it books or films. But we've been talking so much about how lucky we are to be working with writers and how the last five years of focusing on all elements of traditional publishing, query letters, diving to first pages or supporting artists on an emotional level even, we still felt that there is more opportunity out there for you.
1: And Julie happens to live in a genius cluster, if those of you didn't know already, and happens to have amazing friends like Eric. I'm watching the two of them in the same room. It's so exciting to see people in the same room. They are in the studio, as it were. And Eric knows all of these incredible people who are in this book-to-film world, and they're all really cool.
2: I think that the people that we brought on are all people that are both looking for projects, but also have gotten a lot of projects produced in the past. It's a real collective uh, group of people I think you're going to find are very sweet to work with. And I'm willing to talk to you about your project and how we can make it better and get in front of the right people.
0: I was trying to remember how we met.
2: I think over coffee. We met together and saw a common interest. And then you told me about Manuscript Academy. And I went there and I was really impressed Mm -hmm. with what you guys have been doing. So I said, hey, I've been doing some similar things with workshop teaching on film and television. Let's see if we could do something together Mm -hmm. to help each other.
1: I'm a big believer in learning through conversation versus form rejection. And I think so many writers get form rejections if they get anything. And this way, it's a real opportunity, just like we have on the book side, to get a real insider's opinion of this isn't working for the following reasons, but there's so much hope in that. It's changed the following things and it could work. And I love that everyone is someone sweet and thoughtful and not going to yell at them or do any of the scary Hollywood yelling things we've heard about.
2: And I have to say, I think that's a myth in some ways. There are scary Hollywood people out there, but the fact of the matter is I've found most of the people I've worked with, they believe in good projects and they wanna help a project become better. One of the things I always talk about is that every no can lead to yes, because it can be somebody saying, all right, this is not right for me, and here's some ideas that you could change, but you don't have to change those if you don't want to, but I do know somebody that might be interested. So I say, I don't do sci-fi, I'm not interested in sci-fi, this is me personally, But I certainly know a lot of producers that are into sci-fi. So that I know can be a yes. And I Mm. think that's the way to look at it a lot of times when there's, even with a rejection, it's uh, hopefully, especially when we have these one-on-ones, it can lead to some other possibilities. Mm.
1: And I think it's so interesting how we're in a time where we've got streaming, formats are changing. I'm addicted to TikTok, who isn't? And there are all these different ways to tell stories. And it's starting to feel like story is story, and so if you're writing books, that doesn't mean you can't also write screenplays and vice versa. Julie, you were talking about how you feel like the line between the two is almost dissolving.
0: I do, and I think it's always interesting being here every day. My main jobs, in the Manuscript Academy, but I also teach writing for visual media, which is essentially screenwriting, and. I am just amazed how this tool can really help me look at work with a different critical eye and how just by playing with both modalities, you can just explore so many different ways to tell stories, which actually just pulls you down to a better bottom line in the first place.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And I I also think that just in stories, I think that when people are writing for film or for TV series, you got to be thinking about how to bring the reader in or the viewer. Those first 10 pages, 15 pages are so important because how do we bring you into the story and how do we get you there and how do we learn about Mm -hmm. those characters? And those can be the pivotal parts of somebody continuing to read through the rest of it.
0: Absolutely. And we're now knowing, especially I think on Netflix, some of the highest watched shows were booked to film. So that's just really exciting too. Except
2: for Squid Game. I'm really worried that I'm starting now. Everybody on our log line gathering on Wednesday, the 27th is going to be pitching Squid Stories. Squid Stories. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that doesn't it. People see something go well and they're like, I have that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i have a wizard i have a squid story a
1: wizard at a special school <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness but i love that eric can you talk a little bit about how book to film is so generally successful why do you think that is
2: because what's really p- pushing projects these days are actors when i say actors i'm including male and female they are really the catalyst for getting a project done unfortunately for writers, and Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon have been really a great example of that. Well, getting these things, saying we want to make these, we want to play those roles, getting them to series or to a film, and so when they read a book, they see a story that they feel like that would make a good film, and that's happening a lot more than people just reading mm-hmm. screenplays directly. Most times, in the screenplay, it's really usually comes from somebody like an agent or something saying this will be a good project mm-hmm. for you, but projects getting generated from. Two actors is usually because they've read it in a book, short story even.
1: So theoretically, I could be an author with a book that's at Barnes and Noble. Nicole Kidman picks it up. She loves it. She wants to be one of the characters. She takes it to her agent who talks to someone who talks to someone who makes the book to film deal happen.
2: It doesn't even have to be a Barnes and Noble. It could be a self-published book. It's like finding the audience and with social media and all these outlets that are on the internet, people finding places to read material wherever they can find them, if it resonates with them, then that jump is a big jump that can happen.
0: Like with me teaching, every once in a while, I have a student that's a genius that doesn't know he's a genius or she's a genius. And I have said to them, I have people that can help you. They actually know people that can turn this weird Red Riding Hood, this gothic anime into something. So as an artist sitting in your room and creating content is great, but unless you get it out there, it can be hard to make meet those next steps.
2: Yeah, you need to be aware of what's happening. And it's not like, okay, now let's all submit a squid story. But the thing is, you do need to know what's happening, what actors are looking for. And listen, I'm not a believer that you should write to sell something, But if you feel like things that you've written would resonate at a certain time, then those are the things that you should spend time working on. And
0: that's such the weird thing that I think is easier to know in book to film than it is in publishing is often when things are in production, everyone knows about it. So they're like, no, don't do that story because they're already filming it down in New Orleans. And something like that could be really interesting too. You always want to hedge your bets. You have a story, it's like this, but you want to make sure it's very different from things that are already out there.
2: The problem is it tends to take time to write something so you don't want to write something that's hip today that then by the time you get your version out it's now a year later so that's why you should stay with the ideas that are true to you and then find that audience
0: guys we are diving into the film tv academy brought to you by the manuscript academy we're going to start fairly slow we're going to be opening up a range of meetings just like we do on the manuscript academy side we're going to do events and we have some great ideas
2: the first thing is following the outline of the manuscript academy mm-hmm. having instead of necessarily always agents producers and potentially even actors. We're starting with a group of eight now that are mostly producers. We'll from there move into more areas. And we've even talked about having actors maybe
1: play off of each other and
2: stuff. The most important part of this is that we want to have the opportunities for people that say, hey, this might make a better film than Mm -hmm. a novel. And it also works for nonfiction, by the way, because the nonfiction, the documentary, huge thing happening there. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to just stick to fiction. So that's why I actually have a couple of producers that are more documentary based. If anybody has that ideas that they want to write up.
1: I think it's so interesting too, because a lot of writers cannot wait for their book to be a movie. But there are certain other writers, not sure if we can give more details, who get yeah. a movie deal before they get a book deal. And the movie deal helps them get the book deal. And then there's also the thought of if it is your dream to have both, maybe it makes sense to talk with someone early before you've written the entire thing to get an idea of making sure you're making choices that are possible. Because for example, I know it's often really difficult to get something that has incredibly elaborate costumes made or a world that is really complicated. I'm sure there are so many things that a writer might not know would prevent their book from being turned into a movie that they could perhaps fix early on.
0: I'm thinking of Bridgerton right now, how it did really well on the book side and then the Netflix series with the beautiful costumes and that budget and it was really just a feast for the eyes and books are proving they can do that the opportunities are just floating
2: around out there if it was
1: that easy to get a book deal I (laughs) can dream
2: listen none of us are saying it's easy no not at all it's just that we're trying to open up more opportunities for the writers Mm -hmm. to reach people that they normally don't get a chance to
1: So we hope you can join us next week. Seriously, if you just want to hang out in your pajamas and eat snacks, it'll be a super fun evening. I love our community. I love the creativity. Eric, I can't wait to see how you help us think about story in a new way.
2: Thank you. I can't wait either.
1: Hope to see you all there. Thanks,
0: everybody. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. And not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be. But it also affects our ratings
1: within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our First Pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with First Pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript
0: Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.